the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, good afternoon and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program where we take your calls and answer your questions about the things you care the most about. Well, questions about God and questions about the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible. Happy to take your calls about questions about the Bible. And again, the number is 303-873-1935. Producer Jim is standing by uh, to take your call, 303-873. Jim Nichols, thank you so much for sitting in that producer's chair. He's there to take your call, 303-873-1935. He'll ask you what your question is. We'll make every effort to get your question on the program. There's lots of things um, to talk about. And one of the things that um, over the last couple of months, you, you know, we talked a little bit about the James Webb Space Telescope, which launched um, uh, over 30 days ago. But after a 30-day journey, the the telescope is now in in that sort of Goldilocks zone that was called the Lagrange zone, which is about a million miles from Earth. So the James Webb Telescope has traveled about a million miles, 1.5 million kilometers, and established an orbit, and it fired its main engines for 297 seconds to alter its velocity by 3.6 miles per hour and then send uh, it into its new orbit. And the final course correction for this $10 billion science experiment you can imagine so many people have literally devoted their lives to building um testing deploying and then creating science experiments with this telescope and of course remember i talked about the fact that it's sort it was folded up like a giant piece of origami so that it would fit into the nose cone for its launch last December and on December 25th on Christmas. And, um, and so again, it's going to establish its orbit. It's going to deploy its array of mirrors. And unlike most spacecraft, the James Webb space telescope isn't orbiting quote, quote unquote, the earth sun or some other celestial body. It, revolves around what's called the Lagrange 2, which is about five points in the neighborhood of Earth where the gravitational force of the sun and the Earth balance one another, creating a sort of semi-stable point in space where the satellite can go into what's called a halo orbit, which is a special three-dimensional orbit. And by going into that orbit... It will sit at the point with the sun and the earth behind the craft. 
So again, this is to block light so that the array will face out into space. And um, this way it will also, um, the, the shield, it will shield from the sun's radiation. And so it, it might be one of those major, major experiments. So I look forward to see what what's what they're going to discover. 303-873-1935. That's my number. If you want to join me on the program. And I was reading today about, um, well, from of all places, our daily bread, about not holding grudges. Some of you are familiar with our daily bread. You know, I've had some of the principles on this program. This is um, from ourdailybread.org. These are... um, you know they they've been on the on the radio program and they're out of Grand Rapids but they talked uh, today's today's daily bread for today was they're quoting Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18 where it says do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbor as yourself i am the lord don't seek revenge don't bear a grudge and it says uh, today's uh, the 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 insight. It says during a promotional event in 2011, two 73 year old former Canadian Football League players got into a fist fight on stage. 73 years old, they had a beef or a grudge or a feud dating back to a controversial championship game in 1963. Can you imagine? After one man knocked the other off the stage, the crowd called out to him and said, let it go. That was the crowd's way of saying, there comes a point where you just need to let it go. And then they write, the Bible contains many examples of people beefing. Cain held a grudge against his brother Abel because God accepted Abel's offering over Cain's offering in Genesis chapter 4. And the grudge was so severe that it eventually led to the murder of Cain, excuse me, of Abel, where it says in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 4, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. And then in um, it says Esau held a grudge against Jacob because Jacob stole his birthright that, that was due to him. Um, his rightful birthright in Genesis chapter 27, verse 41. And the grudge was so intense that Jacob had to run for his life. It says, not only does the Bible give us several examples of people who held grudges, but also instructs us on how to squash the beef. That is, how do we get over grudges? And, of course, the answer is seek forgiveness. Advocate for reconciliation. Leviticus 19.18, God says, love each other. Don't seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Live peaceably with all people. 
leave revenge to God, overcome evil by doing good. You know Romans chapter 12, verse 18. If it's possible, as far as it's possible, it depends on, as far as the possibility depends on you. And I'm so glad the Bible says that. I'm so glad the Bible says, so far as it's possible, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Tragically, we live in a world where there are people who don't want peace and they won't let it go. But of course, the Bible says, if the issue's up to you, let it go. It says, don't take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. When it says that in Romans chapter 12, when it says in verse 19, leave room for God's wrath, that means believe that there is such a thing as God's wrath. In part, it means be aware that there is a God who's going to right every wrong. And so... When we come back, 303-873-1935, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And um, love to hear from you. 303-873-1935. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. 303 303- 873-1935-303-873-1935. Jim in Lakewood, I guess you heard me talking about the James Webb Telescope. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? You remember when the uh, Voyager went out of Jupiter and we were all blown away and then Saturn? Can you imagine when this thing starts taking pictures, what we're going to see? <laughs> well, and that's part of the, the, the wonder of it all, isn't it? And, and you and I understand that a $10 billion telescope um, yeah. and, and, and the place where they placed it and yeah, the people who's been working on it and devoted their lives to it um, – so it, it looks like everything's going according to plan thus yeah, far. You know when we're going to get to turn it on? It's another six months, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, I think I think we're looking at another six months before you get to turn it on. Now, what what I understand from today, you know, at space dot com, at space dot com, they give you sort of an update that the amount of uh-huh. propellant that they released. Um, they still are hoping that that they should be able to service or that this that this telescope should provide a service for the next decade well hey jim i'm not i'm can you speak up a little we seem to have a bad connection okay um i don't know how many bars i've got here <laughs> um, but uh uh, the you know the Hubble outperformed the expectations of the predictions, you know, and so many. Fa- I mean, look at the the ro- the rovers on uh, Mars have all outperformed uh, yeah, what they were projected to do. So, um, you know, it's interesting with the Hubble. They were going to bring the uh, you know let the Hubble crash, and then we got a new director. 
O'Keefe was the director of NASA at the time. He said, too dangerous. But then we got a new director of NASA, and he said, we're going up. We're going to have a, we're going to have a shuttle on the launch pad. If something happens, we can rescue them. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a big outcry over the Hubble when we thought it was going to end. And you could go on, save the Hubble, and, uh, and contribute money to, you know, to save the Hubble. So um, this will this will be pretty ex- exciting. Um, you were talking yesterday about Putin. Yes, wasn't that interesting? About, yeah, um, you know I've ex- traveled extensively through Russia. They see my TV shows, and so I've lectured in 22 cities of Russia. The feeling I get from the pastors they're they're quite happy with Putin over there. I was there the last time that he was up to get reelected, and. Um, the, the the people over there, I mean, I've been, I was started what, 25 years ago, right after the walk-in. I had translators that were getting $20 a month pay wow. you know, for their job. And uh, and one guy said, you know, it doesn't, doesn't sound, I mean, well, you, ride the, you ride the underground for like a nickel <laughs> or a dime. And he says, but you, you get $20 a month and then you take that out twice a day. You know, he says, well, it's even a nickel or a dime on the subway. These people, you know, I was there before there was even gas stations. You bought gas by a tank truck along the road. Wow. And, uh, they have now, they have now, the last time I was there, they've figured out their capitalism over there. Uh, and they used to say, you know, we pretend to work, they pretend to pay us. <laughs> but the last time I saw tractors in the field after dark with lights on, you know, and so they've they've figured it out. I was in one home where a guy had a furniture store, and he had an outdoor swimming pool, and he had a sauna, and uh, I mean it looked like uh, an incredible house he had. Uh, but yeah, the you know is what's going on in Ukraine. We have friends in Ukraine. So um, in your journeys, were you able to go to the Ukraine? Uh, we were right on Taganrog, which is right on the uh, border of Ukraine. I actually didn't go into Ukraine. Oh, okay. But uh, we're up from Nizhny Gorky, which is where they made the jets here. It's called Nizhny Novgorod, which is north now. Uh, that's as far north as I went. But I went all the way south, where over the mountains was the Mount Ararat on the other side of the, the southern border there. And lectured all over uh, Russia. Wonderful people. It was just quite, all those trips are really a, a lot of fun. And uh, the pastor would drive me all over the country, you know. And when you get to the border, there'd be a checkpoint, the police checkpoints now and then. And don't say English. Don't anybody speak English. They'll ask you for a hundred bucks, you know. If they, they and we got stopped one time. He was doing 110 kilometers in a 90-kilometer zone, and the police pulled him over. And, and so he, the pastor says, well, uh, I'm very, very sorry, you know, he says, uh, but I have very important person in my car, and they let him go. <laughs> uh, but, boy, be thankful you're born here and live here, I'll tell you. But, you know, you put somebody in the hospital, you got to take them food, you know? It, so, they yeah, they provide. don't provide the food. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. as I'm thinking about what's happening in Russia, and I'm thinking about you know, uh, literally that the pro people don't really understand that Ukraine really hasn't been a sovereign state. Well, ever. I mean, in the last several hundred years, it was a satellite of the Soviet union, but it it never sort of established its own sovereignty. 
And so its own, you know, uh, its own sovereignty has been elusive. But yeah, and they have great, uh, you know, uh, ability to grow uh, stuff over there. I think it was it wasn't it Stalin that said if you're going to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. And you know, he was breaking eggs in in, in Ukraine, milking Ukraine, you know, for his own benefit. Well, I know that for Russia, they see Belarus and Ukraine as sort of the buffer zone between them and Europe. And so we really do have to ask and answer the question, you know, who are your friends and who are your enemies? And imagine Ukraine is just a little bit smaller than Texas, but it has a population of over 41 million people. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and we had treaties. You know, we'd promised Ukraine if you, you you get one of your weapons, we'll be we'll back you. And now, you know, are we going to back them if this happens? You know. Well, when you are doing your tours in Russia, obviously because you invented the binocular telescope, what was your sense of Russia's fascination, preoccupation, love for science? Oh, definitely. And when you put it together with the Bible, you put astronomy together with the Bible, which is my whole, all my programs deal with that. And, you know, people at the, at the over, you know, at the end, when you're finished and the people coming up with tears in their face, you know, tears in their eyes, they saw God like they'd never seen him before. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of creation evolution stuff out there, but this pure astronomy, there's not a lot of that, uh, that I'm aware of going on. And, uh, I mean, it was uh, the stories. I was at one place, and, and I mean, the biggest one in Moscow, the biggest church, and they met in the Orion movie theater, and there's like a thousand people there. Wow! And the pastor says, "We have no communion service. You know, we could pass a cup and hope the next guy didn't have strep throat. Could you get communion?" And so I went back home and I called up and talked to the, the uh, well interpreter. We call them the interrupters, and. Uh, so I said, well, I'll get some friends and we'll get you committed. It was going to be $1,100. And when I called back and talked to the translator, and she says, well, Pastor Pavel says we have uh, eight more churches in Moscow have no communion where. And I thought, oh, dear. Well, I guess if we build telescopes, we can build communion trays. So we had, over the years, close to 500 churches have been requesting uh, communion service. And people I know who travel in to do evangelism, I know one couple have been in a 19 times, and uh, they take people with them to bring back the little dolls and all the trinkets from Russia, going over with empty suitcases. We were sending communion trays into Russia, going over, because the suitcases were empty, and coming back, they put their, their things they were selling. Well, and uh, Jim, we, we've got to go, but as always, thanks for calling. And of course, your ministry has been dedicated that the heavens really do declare the glory of God and his existence, yeah. his power. So thank you for all that you've done. This is Gino Geraci. I got to go. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The number is 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. Would love to hear from you. Let's see who's up. Shauna, welcome to the program. I am a blast from the past, Gino. <laughs> you I are. first met you 20 years ago. 
Wow. Well, yes. I'm, I'm old. <laughs> you are young at heart and spirit, which I love. I actually had a conversation with Ed Taylor, and he brought to my attention that you're still doing this. 20 years ago, I found a radio station, was in a very lost place. Um, I left the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and you helped me walk through the nightmares that I was going to burn in hell for leaving the Catholic Church, because they're the chosen religion, and you helped in many, many ways. Um, I have always thought about you fondly. I went to your church for three years. You wow. actually introduced me to Rachel Scott's mother. Um, yes. Unfortunately, that was a harder time. That was when she was selling her house. Um, understand, it was just a hard time for her. You know, that was just a hard time in general. Um, but I've always thought about you and just very, very thankful that I met you, that you were so clear in your words to me. Um, and my children, you always used to get Ted on your knee and tell the girls that girls are better than boys. And all of of the memories are very special. And I think God, remember, remember, Shauna, that was supposed to be a secret. (laughs) It's supposed to be a secret. Remember, I I asked him, I'm going to tell you this, but you can't. You can't. Oh, but it's precious to me. And when something is so precious, you have to share it. Just like the love of God. (laughs) How are those girls by? They're all grown up now. Grown. Totally grown. I did end up having a boy 10 years after my girl. Um, Struggling with him a little bit. Um, My children are baptized, so I think I'm doing at least half right. I don't want to be half right. I want to be 100%. I'm still single. Um, That weighs heavy on my heart. Wanting to find a really good godly man so that I can be the helper that I'm supposed to be. Instead, I have to just help myself. And it's heavy. I don't want to be alone anymore. Um, I know there's a time for Jesus when it's right, it's right. And the older I get, you know, as you know, I'm not a spring chicken myself. (laughs) Um, I may never get married. I hope not. My heart really wants to be the helper that I was designed to be because I've learned so much and I can help so much better than I could in my 20s and 30s and 40s. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. But when I talked to Ed and found out you were still on the air, I was like, thank God I have to call him and tell him how much I appreciate him and how much you really meant for my walk with Jesus. Um, leaving the Catholic Church was hard. My mother turned her back on me because she said I was going to a cult. It's not a cult. It's just a Bible-based church that's not Catholicism. Um, it is what it is. Um, but I just really, really thank you. Um, well, you are welcome. You know, <laughs> you know I, I, when I think about my family and your family, it, it sometimes it really does take a very, very long time when we ask and we answer the question, on what basis, how is it possible for anyone to go to heaven? And how is it possible for anyone to go to hell? And of course, in Roman Catholicism, remember the bishops, the Pope. Oh, um, honey, oh. The I univer- try my best to forget it. It's hard. It's, well, but the, in Colossians. The condemnation is still there. I, right. I know I'm not condemned. There's no condemnation with Jesus. It's but, hard to let go of that. In Colossians one eighteen, it says, no, Jesus is the head of the body. He Correct. rules the church. 
And so when we ask and we answer the question, has God entrusted revelation to bishops or the church? We go, no, in Jude 3, God's entrusted revelation to the saints. And then, you know, the, the, the Catholic claim that the Pope is infallible in his teaching. No, according to Numbers chapter 23, verse 9, it says, God is not a man that he should Correct. lie or the son of man that he should change his, ma- or change his mind. Um, Acts 17, 11, um, you know, they search the scriptures, God alone and his word alone is infallible. You know, one of the tragic situations that we face is we can make mistakes and God knows I've made mistakes, but the reality is there is that the revelation that's been given to us in the Bible can be trusted. And I hope that the time you spent at Calvary South Denver, I left you with that impression. You left me with the door open to having a relationship with Jesus. And over the last 20 years, I have developed that relationship. And I love that it's intimate and it's mine and his, because my walk is not the walk my children have. My walk is not the walk my best friend has. It's very uniquely mine, which I love, and I would have never discovered the Jesus that is real as my Lord and Savior if it wasn't for you. Um, and so I just really, really needed to tell you thank you. because. Well, thank you for saying that. Did you know that I'm teaching pretty close to where you are? I'm, I'm in North Glen. Yeah, you're in North Glen, but I'm teaching in Longmont. Um, That's pretty close. And I used to drive from North Glen to BFE anyway. I did that for three years. Um, And then I ended up moving to Flatirons. Um, So it's still, I'm still able to have a Bible-based church. Um, Well, that's great. But I would love to come and see you because it matters. How I spend my time matters. I am frequently alone, and it's not good for my heart. Well, so, if you get a chance, you I can come and visit. I would love to put it on the calendar to come and see you. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be teaching this Sunday at Candlelight. It's at 1225 Kim Pratt Boulevard. So if you just remember Candlelight in Longmont. Um, and, yeah, I mean, gosh, from North Glen, wow, maybe 20 minutes away? Yes. Okay, and then I just have to make sure I'm getting this right. Candlelight, like K E N or K A N. No, like like a candle that you burn. C A. So so it's like C A N D L E L I G H T. And if you go to candlelightlongmont.org, yeah, I'll be there. This I'm I'm happen to be teaching in Genesis chapter eleven, and I've been a little bit ill. You know, say hello to Ed. Yeah, he he's been keeping track because I was diagnosed with COVID, and then I had COVID pneumonia. Oh, and that was awful. But I thank God for his grace and his mercy. And thank you for your call. Thank you for being someone that I can call because it's needed in this world. And it was really needed for me. Well, thank you. And God bless you. Thank you. And you as well. And say say hello to those girls. I will. Um, 10.30 or 10 o'clock on Sunday? Um, church starts at 10. Okay, 10 o'clock. Okay, thank you so much, Gino. I hope to see you Sunday. Have a great show, and thank you, thank you. Hey, you're welcome. 303-873-1935, that's 
the number if you want to join me on the program. And what a what a what a nice thing. And I guess when you are doing stuff for twenty plus thirty plus years, um, you know. And again, I'm so grateful that. God in his grace and his mercy has allowed me to do anything. 303-873-1935. We've got uh, just a few minutes, but I've been talking a little bit about grudges. And I've only got a few seconds before we go to the break. But again, what does the Bible say about grudges? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that. There's lots and lots of reasons why people, they're hurt or they're bitter or they're holding a grudge, people wrong us, situations hurt us. Sometimes there are people, you know, who will blame the government, but some people will blame God. And so there are people who get angry, not just with each other, but with the Lord, because they think that God has wronged us. So, how do we think about that? This is Gino Geraci. If you'd like to join me, 303-873-1935. I'll talk a little bit about, about that when we come back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935, 373 1935, I was talking a little bit about grudges. And, of course, as I'm fond of saying, we have an article at gotquestions.org. It's what does the Bible say about grudges? And I would encourage you, encourage you to go there. Um, Because in that article, again, it talks about perhaps the the issue, um, well, how does all of this happen um, why do people hold grudges against each other, against God? Um, and so in our article, we say God has such a strong concern about grudges that he included a specific command about them when he gave the law to the Israelites in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18 that I quoted earlier from Our Daily Bread. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall have you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I'm the Lord. Now we many, many people of course are familiar with the phrase love your neighbor as yourself. But again, in the admonition, don't take vengeance or bear a a grudge. In what sense? Again, as you fast forward to Romans chapter 12, verse uh, 19, where it says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. And one translation says, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay Vengeance is mine. So when it says, um, leave room for God's wrath, that means believe, believe, believe that there is a God who's at work 
righting every wrong. So when we ask and we answer the question about, again, we've been talking about it over the last couple of days, injustice, or what the popular culture calls social injustice, and the the idea that um, we have to act. Now, misunderstanding forgiveness often keeps us in bondage to grudges. We think that to forgive is to excuse sin or pretend that the offense didn't matter. And of course, neither of those things are true in regards to both the the admonition in the Bible, don't hold a grudge, or forgive. Now, forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is God's gift to us to release us from the control of someone who's hurt us. But I'm going to go one step further and suggest to you that forgiveness is God's gift for us to release us from the control, but that there is another element and meaning and purpose for forgiveness. Forgiveness is supposed to be a mechanism whereby reconciliation becomes a possibility. And so in our article, it says when we retain a grudge, we give someone we don't like power over our emotions. Without forgiveness, just the thought of an offender can send acid into our stomachs and heat into our faces. In essence, we make that person an idol, giving him or her control over us. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39, see now that I, even I am he, there's no God beside me, I kill and make alive. I wound and I heal. And there's none that can deliver out of my hand. In other words, this is a description of the Lord when he says, see now that I, even I am he. There's no God beside me. In other words, there there is no quote-unquote being other than the true God of the Bible. Now, again, people fabricate gods, make up gods, construct gods, but they're not the God of the Bible. So again, a willingness to forgive in this issue of grudge, we release to the Lord any right to vengeance or restitution. In other words, where we go, hey, um, I'm going to give God the opportunity to make this right. I'm going to give God the opportunity that if there's going to be a resolution, the Lord gets to make the resolution. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't make some sort of conscientious effort to think things through. Forgiveness is the choice to trust the Lord rather than ourselves with the outcome of the offense. Now, some people might take umbrage with that. We often hold on to grudges because we feel that we have the responsibility to make sure that justice is done or that others know how badly we were treated or how badly we were hurt. But there's a real advantage. There's a real advantage to releasing the situation to the Lord along with the right to dictate the ending 
we free the Lord to work as he sees fit without our anger getting in the way. Now, again, if we ask and we answer the question, (laughs) is God going to do something or refrain from doing from something based on your anger? In Matthew chapter 18, in verses 21 and 22, it says, Then Peter came and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. And Jesus said, I don't say to you seven times, but 77 times. What does that mean? It means... to effectively create an atmosphere of forgiveness and reconciliation. In our article, it says, it's important to remember that forgiveness and reconciliation aren't the same. They're not synonymous. Forgiveness is a matter of the heart. It's an act of surrender to God's will and is primarily between us and God. When we release to him our right to hang on to anger, So in what sense? Okay, we release to the Lord our right to hang on to anger. Now, again, somebody might be listening to the saying, but doesn't the Bible say be angry and don't sin? Well, yeah, it does. In Psalm 115, verse 11, it also says, you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I'm fond of saying that it only takes one person to forgive, but it takes two people to be reconciled. Reconciliation depends on real repentance, true repentance, and then the trustworthiness of the offender. For example, in the case of spousal abuse, the victim forgives as part of ongoing healing. She can release her anger to the Lord, but at the same time, That doesn't mean that you don't cautiously and appropriately have protective boundaries in place until the abuser has proven over time that he is worthy of her trust. In Proverbs 26, 24, and 25, it says, Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips, then harbors deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in the heart. In what sense? The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, James said. We're not doing God any favor by trying to help God get us out of a bad situation by us evening the score. Does the Lord need your anger? I don't think so. Bible does say be angry, but don't sin. I'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.